Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's program. We have Owen Edema from Illinois in the house. What is up, Owen? Hey, guys. How's it going? It is good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's good to have you on the program. We were chatting off air about your business because you started part time, you went full time, and then you grew like crazy. And now you're like, whoa, what do I do now? And so I think a lot of guys out there, maybe in your situation where you got uh, a ton of work and you're trying to figure out how to juggle it all, or guys are even considering, should I go the route of just kind of being an Andy Mulder with one crew or two crews and capping it off there and making it an ultra profitable um, operation or should I grow this thing to scale like Corey Ballard did and you know have tens of millions of revenue in a gigantic company and, and go that route and uh, there's pros and cons in each and you're so fresh into this thing um, I wanted you to go ahead and share your story and kind of what you're going through right now and uh, we'll just kind of kind of work through um, the issues of having a high demand for our work and, and figuring out how we can uh, perform those services at a profitable rate and what's the best way to do it. So give us a little bit, a synopsis of your um, story, Owen. Yeah. So uh, back in 2018, I was in college and I was going to be a uh, youth minister and I had started a company with my cousin when I was 14. Um, and I just kind of uh, landscaping lawn care company. Um, so I, I had been in the field since I was about 14 years old. Um, and I decided that college wasn't really for me. So I dropped out of college and decided to start my own company. Um, and my first year and a half, I was working part-time. Um, I'd work a nine to five job and then get off, um, at five, I'd go work until it was pitch black out or I would go out before I would start my job. So I was working pretty long hours. I'd start at six and pretty much not get home until like nine thirty. Um, for a while there. And then I want to say last year between May and June, I decided to make the switch over to full time. Um, and I was running probably anywhere between 25 and 50 customers. And I felt comfortable at that. And um, you were doing mo mo edge trim and blow. What, what, what services were you doing for the 25 to 50 customers? Yeah, it was mo edge trim and blow. And then, in my extra time. Cause that would really, that amount of stuff would only take me like Monday through Wednesday, sometimes Monday through Thursday. So I would try and lock up like Thursday, Friday, Saturday to do small landscaping jobs, such as, you know, mulch or, um, removing old landscaping beds, putting in new stuff, just kind of softscaping stuff. Um, didn't really do a whole lot of any hardscaping patio pavers, that sort of thing. Um, now, did you do the fertilization and weed control for these 25 to 50 customers or were you just, um, how, did, how is I, that being taken care of? I stepped my toes into it a little bit and I just, I found that it was kind of hard for me to really make any money off of it. Um, especially because I'm not doing it. At, I wasn't doing it at such a large scale. Um, and I don't, 
really think that there's a huge market for that where I'm at just because these, these huge companies such as like true green or, um, there's another one in our area called Scotty's. They do, um, so much weed control and that sort of thing where it's kind of hard for me to be competitive pricing. Um, so that was just kind of something that I always have just kind of tiptoed around and not really been a hundred percent invested in that. So um, you're, you're mow, <laughs> mowing edge and trimming blowing. And then <clears throat> on the other days you're trying to, um, uh, spread some mulch and, and just spruce things up around the property for your existing customers that you were doing the maintenance for. Yep. And I would actually, I would go out, um, on my days that I would, you know, if I didn't have a job lined up or something like that, I'd go door to door and knock on people's doors and try and just, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty convincing when it comes to sale. Um, that's something I've always kind of had a passion for and been good at, um, is getting people to sign up with us, um, and just give us a, give us a shot. Um, and so that was something that I would go and do too on my off days. Um, would be to just try and get more clientele base, a, a bigger base. Really wanted to focus on building route density. Um, it's definitely been a struggle just because of how many companies there are in our area. So what, um, I know you told me the story off air, but y- you went from 50 customers and then you started really growing your business. So tell us the mentality of why you chose to do that and how it really exploded on you and, and the new uh, predicaments and, that, and challenges that that brought ahead when you went from 50 customers to 250. Yeah. So this year, um, back in June, we were up to probably 120 ish, maybe. It was somewhere between 75 and 120. Sometimes it gets a little blurry for me because this year just kind of flew with how much it grew. Um, But back around that time, I decided that I needed to maybe start a second crew because um, it was starting to get a little bit troublesome to do that amount with me and one guy in the truck. Um, And adding a third guy to the truck wasn't always the most profitable thing for me to do. Sometimes it would still take us the same amount of time and well now I'm paying double the labor. So it didn't always make the most sense. So I decided to add another truck and trailer and I wish, um, I did that before I had, uh, two guys set up to be running in that truck full time. So I was at the spot where I had the work, but I didn't have the workers. Um, and then I had a friend of mine reach out and tell me that he was um, moving to a different state and he had an existing um, 40 customers. And so he wasn't going to do anything with them. So I took those over from him. And so then we jumped up, you know, we're at like 150, 160, and I still don't have. Did he just uh, give them to you um, as a gift or did he charge you for them or how, how did that acquisition? He did work? a. He did, he did charge me for them, but it was so the way a lot of guys do it around here. And I don't really know how it is cross country, but, um, in the beginning of the year, if, or, or somewhere between May and June in that period, if, if they're willing to get rid of all of their clients to you, we'll, we'll base it off of one month income per customer. Um, and then multiply that out by however many customers and their prices, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically four weeks worth of cuts. Um, is what I would have to pay. 
for something in the beginning of the year like that. Um, and that's, that's kind of how we set that basis at, um, which it helped him because it was able to give him a little bit of cash to be able to take in, I don't know if he was planning on starting a company where he moved or whatever he was doing, but, um, it worked out for both of us, I feel, except at first when I didn't have um, another worker. Um, but I had a few of my buddies who decided to no longer continue in college. So I hired them on full time. Um, that's been a bit of a struggle working with friends. Um, yeah, that's a whole other uh, podcast episode for a, 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 a <laughs> we could we could do a whole episode on should you work yeah, with friends? Sure. If you do, how do you wear the friend hat at what time and how do you wear the the you know employee employer hat? But I just want to pause yeah. real quick and just say if you guys are thinking about selling your business or you're thinking about buying a business, please. I'll do a coaching call with somebody, whether it's Corey Ballard or um, Alex Kirby or Caleb Allman or Brian Fullerton or me talk through these things, because what happens is I get the phone calls on the other side of the equation. I get the phone calls where people are saying, Paul, I bought a business and I got ripped off or I, you know, so didn't sell my business for, for what I should have. And there's so many mistakes. And so really do the calculations. And I don't know how, it, and I think time will tell how it turned out for you, but if you would have taken, I'm not saying you messed up, but if, if we would have taken that money and dumped it into marketing for a fraction of what you paid your friend, you could have picked up premium accounts next to where you're already working. I mean, there's so much stuff to consider. And so just because there's an opportunity to buy a business and it's a friend or whatever. I mean, get on a coaching call. It doesn't have to be with me. It can be with Brian. It can be with Caleb. I don't care who you call, but talk yeah. through this stuff before you do it, because I keep it confidential. You know, what happens when you guys call me with the horror stories, you know, I'm going to sit here and, and name Ray from, you know, this state, this guy that did, I, no, we're not going to go that route, but you guys, the stories that I've, my ears have heard of people getting, just spending money on acquiring customers when it's like, oh my God, gosh, please don't tell me that, that you've paid how much? Uh, cause really, um, with how you can market, especially with a simple, um, postcard campaign or just, there's so many ways where we can, um, get such a better ROI and a better customer because you're not always getting the most honest story of, of, I'm not picking on you, Owen, but let's say it's 40 customers. Some of them might go, some of them, the other company might, there's so much mixture that, a lot of times it's well to just um, start fresh and, and, and bring the customers in through your marketing and, and have a fresh um, start with them. Um, another guy, I don't know if he does coaching, but Jay Jacobs, Jeremy Jacobs um, up there in Illinois, he bought a company um, when he started. And so um, there's right ways to do it. There's wrong ways to do it. But I'm telling you guys, if the, the emotional pain that I've had to see on guys face and the, the real tears of making these mistakes, just be very, very delicate in the passing of the baton, whether you're going to sell your business or you're going to buy a business. There's definitely a lot of variables to consider. And uh, unfortunately, I've heard a, there are a couple great stories, you know, uh, Corey Ballard was on the show recently and, you know, he, he got to sell his business for a lot of money and it was successful, but we also hear the stories where, um, it didn't go so hot and it might not be as 
many commas as that situation, but still yeah. we got it. We got to be very, very delicate on both ends of that. And, um, I'd be more than happy to help. And I know these other guys would be as too as well, but just, man, I, I just want to put a caution out there. Um, I don't want someone to listen to what we're saying and be like, Oh yeah, yeah I'm going to go buy 40 customers for my best friend. Um, be careful. That, that's all I want to say, but continue. Sorry to cut you off. Continue with your story. No, I just, right. I got to so, throw a disclaimer out there because I never want someone to read between the lines and think, oh, Paul just endorsed me to, to buy 40 yep. customers for my best friend. I, I would, I would, uh, have a big old giant sign that said, do not do that, but it is what it is. You, you, you did it. And, and so continue with the story. Yeah. So I actually, it worked out well with that specific case, but I actually took over a couple other companies as well. Um, and those ones were more in our area, but sometimes it just didn't really pan out. Um, this year there was some issues with some of it, um, the transition and saying that I was going to have a lot more clients coming over than I actually did and paying for more than what I did. So I, I did have issues with some of the ways um, I went about that. So there's definitely things I would do over if I could and reach out to people who might have more knowledge in the area. Um, of that specific thing that we did. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I ended up putting some ads out on indeed ZipRecruiter, Facebook, um, just offering jobs to people. And, uh, um, you know, we, we start in this area, we start our guys at like a minimum of like 18 an hour. Um, and that's just like, right now I've got a couple guys making, almost 25 an hour, just, just cutting grass. Um, and so it's definitely hard when I go to a client's house and they're telling me, Hey, like I've got a guy for $35 doing it and I have to tell him it's 65, but I have to stick to my guns on that because I have a lot of overhead. Right, when it absolutely. Comes to it. Um, so maintaining employees and attracting new employees has been a struggle and it was really hard in the heat of summer because we were stretched really thin. Um, we, we got up to 275 clients. Um, and I was working with a property management company and I had taken over a couple companies and, um, I had my existing customers. And so I'll be honest, our, our quality started to lack a little bit. Um, my customer service started to lack a little bit and that's always been hard for me because I'm very hands-on and make like to make sure everything's going perfectly. Um, and we're working from six to 9 PM for a good chunk of the summer. And I know it was burning my guys out. Um, and so I know I definitely scaled too fast. That's, that's a good thing to, what would you say to the guy that's listening? That's in that 25 to 50 range. What one crew, you know, mowing a few days a week is very common landscaping a few days a week. And then hearing you share the predicaments of going from that to two seventy five, and now you're struggling to find employees. It's, it's, um, you know, that that's unattainable work hours, you know, from, from 6am to 9pm doing hard labor. I mean, no, no one in their right mind is going to continue working at that pace. And, and um, the qualities drop, everything's kind of, um, this mess, what would you say that guy with 50 to, 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 or if you could go back and redo it, how would you have done things differently? So it was the growth was more, um, uh, natural. Yeah. Natural or, uh, you know, it was, uh, you, you can actually grow, but 
um, provide that same excellent service you were giving the 25 to 50. But now even if you got 200, but they're, they're being treated the same way you were running your company when it was 25 to 50. What, what did you learn throughout the rapid growth um, that yeah. you wish you could share with somebody who's thinking they, they have that ambition where they want to grow, but they want to do it right. What would your suggestion be to, to that guy who's gung ho uh, in your warnings to them? So they make sure they do it right. I would definitely say, make sure that, um, well, there's a lot of different things. Make sure you have a proper CRM that I struggled with. Uh, I was running yard books, but I wasn't running it properly. And it was a struggle, especially when we jumped up to that amount of clients. Um, and so I had to start looking into some other ones and I switched over to Jobber not too long ago. Um, and I know that's what you have used. Um, yeah. And, it has been a blessing for me um, switching over to that. Yes, it's costing me more than Yardbooks does, but the, and this is nothing against Yardbooks. I, I really, I really liked using it, but this is just a lot better for what we're doing. Um, it's definitely been very helpful having that switch. So that totally, I'm, I'm literally be, taking notes, Owen. So you got me, I got a, I got a, my yellow pad here and my pen. So number one is in, in regards to rapid growth is to make sure you got the systems and structures of a CRM where you can handle to manage all that client information and your scheduling, invoicing, things of that nature. So yeah, that, that's really that, important. That, number two, don't. Don't take on more work than you can currently handle. Um, and also continue to, I mean, you want to make sure that you can continue your quality. So I, you know, going from, you know, whatever I was at, adding 40 to that, I didn't really, I hadn't accounted for what that all entailed um, originally. So definitely planning. I mean, and I'm a planner, but this was, um, in hindsight, this was a mistake, like the way I went about it. Um, make sure that you have, again, systems in place. Make sure that you have the ability to take on the clients and that you have a day where you can schedule this stuff out um, and make sure that you're not going to lack on quality there. But then um, a big reason for that is employees. You have to make sure you have guys that are not only good, but... Um, they're willing to keep working and um, you, you just, you want to make sure that you have guys that are reliable and trustworthy. That is, I mean, that is huge. Um, and you don't want to burn them out. That is, that is another thing that is just, um, it's been hard for us. I lost a couple of very good guys this year over burnout. So what do you oh, think in, hi in hindsight, what, what do you think you could have done different to keep them, the, the, the all-stars, the rock stars, the guys that are reliable, mm -hmm. that are dependable, they got options. If, if, if a guy's got a work ethic, yep. they could get a job doing roofing. They could get a job um, laying stone patio pavers. They can get a job doing landscaping. They could start their own landscaping. I mean, they got options. It, it, I, I've, I know these guys, right? And uh, yeah. um, how do you, in hindsight, if you could go back and do it over again, how do you keep the rock stars wanting to work with your company? Um, I, I try to do uh, an, an interview with each of my guys monthly, if not like every month and a half, um, just to see how things are going. Um, and that's something I implemented 
after one of them had already left. Um, I need to make sure that there's set hours and unless we have a specific landscaping job or something like that, but I can't just have us, you know, you, you can't just have your guys say, okay, we've got 275 yards to get done this week. We have our schedules, but if we, you know, if we have a little bit of extra time in the state, Oh, let's carry them over. Like you, you can't do that. You have to have a set structure on your hours. Um, so that way your guys know like, yeah, I'm going to be able to be home with my wife for dinner. Um, not that, they're going to get home at 10 o'clock at night and they have to be at work at six o'clock the next day. You know, that's, that's important to try and have that structure. And that's hard for me because I'm one of those guys who will just work until I literally cannot anymore. Um, and I'll take on as much work as I possibly can and some. Um, and that I, I, I realized after having done that, that not everyone is in the same boat. And even if they are, it's not their company specifically, and it might not be their dream per se. And so you have to make sure that you have those systems in place so that they, I don't know, feel comfortable with what they're doing. What did you learn from that uh, first guy quitting? What, can you walk us a little bit through of, of kind of what the wake up call and, and how it, it, it kind of taught you this lesson? Yeah. So he was actually, he was one of my best friends. Um, he still is. Uh, but having that many hours put in, in the beginning of the year, he had, he had spoken with me and said, Hey man, I'm willing to put in 12 hour days every day, six days a week. And I, you know, you can say that as many times as you want, but once you start actually doing it for seven weeks in a row, then it's like, Oh crap. Like this is starting to really hit me and it catches up with you. Um, I, I kind of, you need, if, if I could go back, I, I would have not taken on um, so much work this year, so much additional work this year um, because it fractured our relationship for a while. And yeah, you're not always friends with your workers, but I, uh, even if it's not a friend before, I try to at least maintain a healthy relationship with everybody that works with me. Um, and so you, you don't want to cause that divide and um, fracture because they can go out and, um, you know, talk poorly about your company and the way it's run. Um, so from that, I definitely and took it. And go, go, go ahead, ahead. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I, I tried to um, implement that a little better and it was better for a while. And then it happened. I mean, it happened again because I had a guy who ended up quitting. Um, and so we were shorthanded again. And so then after the hours had sort of regulated, they kind of went bonkers again. So really, I mean, I know for ne this upcoming season, I need to, I've already started the vetting process of, of trying to get people hired, at least to interview with people. Um, and I, I want to make sure that it's a person who's on board for what we do and they understand completely what the scope of work is. You know, I don't want to, you know, if, if I, if they don't know that there's some days where we could work to seven o'clock at night, if we have a landscaping job and then we do that. Well, that might rub poorly on them. Yeah. So definitely setting up a system. Um, I've taken a lot of notes down just in my own personal time, um, I, I take a lot of time to do devotionals and time, ref, time of reflection. And so 
in, in that time, I've really learned that it's important to listen to what your workers are saying. And when they're telling you that you're tired, they're, that they're tired and that we're working too much, it most definitely means that they're tired and we're working way too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm not picking on you, Owen. I just, I'm so relatable to your story. I'm just shaking my head, laughing, smiling, nodding. I had a guy who was a friend and thankfully he still is a friend. Uh, although there was some damage done to our friendship and he was working with me at the time and I started biting off more than I could chew. I, I took on some jobs that of course, you know, we can bang them out. We can do a great job doing them, but we are, our schedule was already full with maintenance. We didn't have, we didn't really have any room. I just was like, well, I'll figure it out. Right. And I, you know, I got it scheduled and then like, Hey, when are you coming, when are you getting started? And it's like, crap. And we start a job while we're trying to juggle the maintenance. And, um, literally, um, this guy was in the middle of trimming a bush and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just going hard. Like, well, we got to get this job. Cause we got to go, we got to get back over there and get some work. Done. I mean, it's just biting off more than we can chew. I'll never forget. He's in the middle of the bush and he just quit. He's like, Hey, I'm done. And halfway through the bush. It's like, I, I was looking at this picture of this guy that got arrested while he was getting his hair cut. So half of his head was cut and the other half wasn't on his mug shot. And that's how this bush looked. It was uh, a Laura Petalum and, and it was half, pr- you know, half um, trimmed. The other half wasn't even, and he just quit in the middle of the job and he, and he reeled into me. He's like, dude, you are so unorganized. This is so um, ridiculous. And, and, and uh, he just chewed me out and uh, he let me have it. And it didn't like, to hear that but at the time the truth was he was a hundred percent right and if i would have switched roles and i had a boss who would have been paul and he's sitting there you know you got a good you know giving me this ridiculous amount of workload for a little amount of pay and that that's not not like a one-off day it was like that was normal you know what I mean? I wanted to, want yeah. I wanted to wanted to work for me. And that's what my mentor said to me. He's like, would you want to work for your company? And he knew the answer was no, but I was like, oh man, I was like, I don't. And so that's when, I, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm pulling these stories out of you because I know a lot of other guys are out there listening and they're asking me every day, not every day, but it's our most, one of our most frequently asked questions in addition to what should my prices be is how do I find and keep good employees? And I think we have to realize for, for starters, it's difficult to find guys to spread mulch and to mow grass. And, and I know you're in the snow and all that as well. I, and that's even more miserable. So it are, we already have a difficult pool to pull from because it's hard work. And so that's why we have to get our prices right because, and, and not, and know that, um, that sweet spot of how much work we can take on at a high, good, profitable price and stick to those boundaries. Because what happens is a lot of times our prices aren't high enough we got to, we got to take on an extra volume of work and then it, it, it backfires because the employees say, forget this. And, um, even if you paid them 30 bucks an hour, it's like, no, no one really wants to, to, to be at work at 6am and work till 7pm doing hard work and then have to go home, get a shower and wake up and do it the next morning. It's, it's unrealistic to, to expect awesome. to keep, po- yeah. So I'm glad you're realizing that. I realize that the hard way and you guys who are listening to us, you have to reverse engineer it. If you were an employee for your company, um, there's no way that we you can have longevity. There might be that one day when you got eight pallets of sod and 
you know, you just one time you got to work a little past five or whatever, six, because you got to finish the job. So the sod yeah. doesn't die. That that can't be the norm. That's got to be a one off. And, and then you give them a you give them a gift card that day. Hey, I'm so sorry we worked late today. Thanks for the being a good sport. You know, make sure you take your wife out to dinner Saturday. You know, here's a fifty dollar Longhorn gift card. Thanks for being a good sport today. Um, but if that's normal day, then it's just a matter of time. They're going to quit. And thankfully I, I went to my friend, um, and it took me a while, probably like two or three months. And I just apologized. I said, listen, man, I, everything you said was correct. I was disorganized. I was unrealistic. I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, we were able to patch things up and we still stay in touch. Um, but nevertheless, um, I, 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 I wanted to interject there cause I didn't want to sound like I'm beating up on you. I've done the same no, thing no. and I'm, I'm trying to share from your story and my story to the thousands of people across the world that are listening to this. Don't do what we did. Hopefully yeah. we're, hopefully we're beating you to the, to the punch here that there's a better way to treat employees. And um, it's all this ecosystem of, we have to <laughs> recruit the right customers at the right price and have that boundary um, otherwise we'll fall into the trap every single time. It's, it's kind of like a most common trap to fall into, but continue yep. with your story, man. I just, I just wanted to add on to you. I I've been there, done that. Oh, that's all right. Um, so also in the very beginning of this year, I, I was aware that there was, um, one of, one of my good friends, um, his name is Ethan and he's had a company here probably since he was 16 and he's 22 23. Um, and I knew they were moving to Tennessee and I said I could take over his company. Um, and I, I wasn't sure when in the year that he would be moving. Um, but we had a rough idea that it would be October, beginning of October. Um, and for us, normally October is when leaves start. Um, this year it was a little different. Like we're still doing leaf cleanups. Um, and so it's a little bit of a later year, but it all, within a week their house sold and um they had to get moved and so like there was this whole big like just kind of realization that like this was a company that i had already um said i would take over and i had promised on it um and it was all set up and set in stone and then we had to add 75 clients um in the first week of October, man, you're stressing me out. <laughs> you're stressing me I, out. Trust man. me, trust me. My, I, I can only. My, my fiance is a saint. I'll say that. Um, she's lovely, and she's been able to really help me through this. But I definitely this year because of all this, so like all the ups and downs, it was like, yay, I'm finally making money, um, and I, we're profiting. And then it was like, wait, well, now I have to go get more equipment. So am I really profiting? Like, yes, in, in theory, we're set to profit a good chunk this year, but it all just got poured, a, a vast majority of it just all got poured back into our company, um, getting equipment and getting set up so that we could take on these customers. Um, I, I enjoy it, but I also don't at the same time. If I could go back to the beginning of the year, I would probably sit down and say, okay, hey, if we have the opportunity to acquire an additional 140, 150 customers, is it wise to take on all of them? Mm, no, probably not, unless we have all the systems and employees and equipment set in place before we actually jump to that. Yeah. And the other option is not to acquire other companies. I know the big boy, you know, the major players, 
they have so much systems and processes and the structure of their business in place. They have laborers, then they have foremen, and then overseeing the foremen are managers. And and then mm-hmm. they those guys report. I mean, these these larger companies are extremely impressive. And so when they buy out the smaller companies, not necessarily small, but you know, it, it could be a, a company smaller that's compared to- yeah, smaller compared to them. They're, they're doing tens of millions of revenue or more. And so when they buy out a, a, a company, it's all, it just runs through the system that's already established. And it's it's actually very beneficial to them over time. They, they have it figured out. But when we're under a million bucks and we you know buy a business, a lot of times it can backfire. And so I think you know growing one customer at a time, you know going from 50 to 51 to 52, to 53, to 54, it's so much easier to navigate and adjust and pivot along the way than going from 50 to one, you know, the 90 to 150 to 275 and be like, um, because then at the, at the end of the day, our reputation's everything. And if people are starting to say, oh man, you know, the quality isn't there, whatever, we'd rather have 53 customers and, and sweet Sue's like, oh my gosh, Owen and his team, they just do such quality work and they're, you know, so reliable and dependable and his employees are such outstanding people. You know, that's the kind of stuff we want. And not that we can't have that 275, but if we we grow too fast, um, I just hope someone out there is listening that, that will really be, um, careful in the growth process. I, I, I definitely, I, uh, I agree with that. I'm like, like I, I, we, we had said before, um, I, I love sales. And so like going door to door and knocking on doors and, um, passing, you know, putting up door hangers and sending out postcards. Like I enjoy that sort of stuff. And it was just like looking back on it now, I just, I saw maybe I saw a gold pot at the end of a rainbow and I was like, Oh, maybe I can fast track there. And so by, by, by buying customers. And so maybe that's what I was trying to do um, and get there, get to this spot where I'm at faster than I should have. Instead of, you know, I jumped the rainbow instead of walking over it. Um, if I could go back, I would do it more that way where it's a natural skill because over time, um, you know, you get to 75 and then you're 75, there's a lot of word of mouth and that jumps to a hundred and then you have a hundred people and then that it, it'll naturally grow and it can, it can grow pretty fast naturally as well, um, compared to taking over companies. And that way, you know, at least what you're getting with your customers before you take them over. Um, cause there definitely have been a few customers out of the bunch that I've taken over this year that we ended up not working out with um and we paid for them and we don't even have them anymore yeah case in point right there it's uh sometimes it's better to just when cheaper to acquire them you know with a door hanger a postcard a a word of mouth referral than than a one i've seen it work and i've seen it not work the only app every landscaper needs. Company Cam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy to use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, with galleries, and projects 
project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every landscaper needs. Check it out at companycam.com forward slash green or find it in your app store. The link will also be in today's show notes. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no. No to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. But um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm taking notes here from your story and, and, you know, having the right people on the bus, the the reliable, trustworthy employees and, and making sure that they're happy campers with their work hours and their pay and everything is, um you know, focused on keeping the right people on the bus. The the employees is, is um, numero uno is so important to this process. And then and number two, you mentioned a CRM ha- having the systems to be able to handle your schedule and your invoicing and, and having all of that run, not necessarily on autopilot, but in a way where everything's organized and the work is being assigned and um, uh, serviced and, and paid for as um, it's easy when you only have 10 customers, you can kind of remember, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Randy did said this and you know, but when you got a lot going on, the communication has to be on point. And so those are my two top takeaways hearing your story that I hope um, we got so many guys that are like you, Owen, that are go-getters, that are gung-ho, that they want to go roll up their sleeves and work all day and build an empire. And I'm not talking anyone out of that. I'm just saying, if you're going to do that, check in first with a Corey Ballard or a John Pajax, budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, and really, really calculate the consequences and the risk and the um, responsibilities of the um, new equipment and the communication and all of the things that you, you might just think best case scenario, it never goes best case scenario ever. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm in business with my uh, one-on-one coaching calls, man. I, I, uh, I'm like, what? Or not. And you know, guys will say this. Why didn't I call you first? I was like, I don't know. Why didn't you, I, I get the aftermath. I get the cleanup. Yep. And, uh, it's, uh, it's no, it's, I appreciate the opportunity to bring solutions, but it's like, if you guys would invest the time on the front end to think through this stuff and not on the back end, it, it would save you a lot of money. A lot of headaches and, and a lot of money. 
Yeah, and a lot, a lot of stress. And the our reputations once they're, um, you know, once once you let a customer down, it's really hard to regain that. And you, there's only it so is. much forgiveness, um, especially in the social proof era we live in. I recently was just, uh, I had a company offer me a really cool deal, and I ended up not taking it because I had a B minus on the Better Business Bureau, and I'm reading through a bunch of their complaints, and I was like, you know what? That's a lot of money they want to throw at me, but I'm not going to take it because they got, they got too many negative reviews and you don't want somebody to be looking at our reviews. And and it's okay if, if we get one zero or, you know, one star review, um, Jesus didn't even bat 12 to 12. He had 11 to 12, you know, Judas, (laughs) Judas threw him under a bus for 30 coins. So even if you got 90% of it looking good on your social proof, um, that's okay. But, if you, if you start to get a bunch of people saying, oh, you know, Paul's team didn't show up on time. They didn't do say what they said they would do. Quality wasn't that good. Man, that stuff is damaging. That 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 stuff is is um real bad. So so we got to we got to make sure that those are four and five star reviews saying, man, outstanding work, professional people, highly recommended. That That's the stuff that we need to build the the right foundation. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Trying to get your customers, I mean, I recommend talking to them and just saying, like, if you have a social media presence, I definitely say just just talk to your customers that you have if you know you're doing a good job and just say, hey, can you just, would, it, would you mind taking two minutes to go leave a review for us? And that, that definitely helps when you have good reviews because I definitely noticed um, if you don't have those, it's a lot harder to strum up more business, like you said. Um, and also to touch back on the mentorship thing, I definitely recommend um, to everyone, even no matter how big your company is, that you should have a mentor, um, no matter how successful you are, because you look at some of these biggest names of people, um, but the richest people in the world, and they still have mentors. Um, and so that's something that I definitely recommend. It's something that I kind of struggled with, especially because in my direct area, um, the companies that are around don't, they're not willing to offer any sort of advice because they don't want you to quote unquote, steal their business and take over from them. Um, so even if you don't have someone in your direct area, I would say reach out on social media to, you know, to guys like Paul or Brian or Keith Galfis or anybody like that. Um, because they have a lot of experience, um, in these sort of things, they've lived through it. And so if we can at least get anything from them, it's better than just jumping into it kind of the way I did. Um, and you have to, you have to learn on your feet really fast or you'll sink. Yeah. And I want to throw John Pajak's name out there. My buddy, John, that's who I personally went through. Um, he's got a workshop Owen called budgets break evens and bottom lines. And he can run the numbers of what you want your salary to be. Are you running two man crews? Are you running three man crews? He'll, the, all the variables will go through it. And then you'll know that to pay yourself this salary, to hit this profit margin, to run two man crews or three man crews, you got to be making X amount per hour um, to hit this goals. And it just helps you to understand uh, how, how fast you want to scale? Do you want to scale and, and really consider? Cause for some people, the Andy Mulder approach where he's out in the field and he's got, you know, one crew, two crews, but everything's, um, 
easy, you know, in regards to the stress levels are low. And it's just a matter of fact of banging out the work. Um, it's, um, some, for some people, that's the way to go for others. They want to grow it a little bit bigger with the intention of selling it. Others want to grow it. You, you just got to really know, well, what, what do I really need to earn per man hour and per hour to hit these goals? Cause then as you do go out and sell, um, we didn't even get to the whole, um, package of, of pricing, but a lot of guys aren't charging enough anyway, and, and it's unsustainable. So, um, I just want to throw his I name don't. out there because the budgets break even the bottom lines. I wish every single lawn and landscape professional goes through that workshop. It really, um, changed my business and hundred uh, percent, every single person that goes through, it's like, I'm definitely going to have to look into I hadn't even, I actually hadn't even heard of that. It's a um, four, it's a four hour workshop where, where John will look under the hood at all your numbers and, and, and give you options and things to consider for your game plan for 2022 of how you want to build this thing. Um, it's incredible. So. And definitely the, the scaling model is definitely for some people. I found out that going so big is not really the way I would love to do it. Um, at least right now. And I was really comfortable at like that 150 to 175 number um, weekly running two crews. We were, able to, we were able to get everything done in a reasonable amount of time. Um, and I wasn't like pulling my hair out over it. <laughs> Um, because our routes are pretty tight together, um, and the yards aren't ridiculously large and the ones that are, we have a specific day for those ones. So like scaling, I'm, I mean, I know I'm going to have to scale back a little bit, um, coming into next year, but that's because I lived through it and had to learn from it. Um, do you, I guess a question of advice for you, because I had purchased companies this year. How do you recommend going about purchasing and or selling um, specific clients? Twofold. A lot of these bigger, like the, the really big reputable companies, when you get on their radar, they'll approach you. So they'll come to you and say, Hey, we'll give you a million bucks for this. And at that point you have to consider it. And, and you have to hire an attorney to say, Hey, I'm thinking about selling my business. I got offered a million or whatever you get offered, 2 million, whatever. And, um, that's when you start to have to go through the legalese and, and really consider, um, the fine print and all of that. So that's typically the most successful is when one of the big companies come to you, they initiate it and they make an offer to you. There's other situations where maybe somebody wants to move or they're, you know, they need to move from uh, Texas to Mississippi or, you know, so they, they, they don't have yeah. a choice. They, they're going to sell their business or lose it, essentially. At that yeah. point, you want to contact a business broker in your city that has, again, good social proof, good Google reviews. Um, there's some guys that have a lot of experience in the lawn and landscape industry, so they already are have networks and relationships with some of the companies that buy out the smaller businesses and they, they know people, they know the systems, they know the processes. Now they're going to take a percentage of your, you know, if you sell it for a hundred thousand, they're going to get a nice chunk of that. However, yeah. however, 
in a lot of cases, if they're good, they're worth it because they're going to make it. So they're going to, they're going to make it streamlined. They're going to make it effortless. They're going to, they, they, they've done this. This is their job. They're business brokers. They, they, they sell businesses, help people sell their businesses. Um, you know, this is their wheelhouse. And so, um, now you could also, this is like buying a car, right? You can go buy a good one or a bad one. So you got, you got to, they're just good guys out there and and gals and, and, and bad apples. Um, so for most people that are listening to this show, you might not be at the stage where, um, you know, I've, I've recently had a couple conversations privately with, uh, you know, people that have been offered uh, by the big boys. And, and, and that's awesome. But for a lot of folks listening, if you do want to consider selling, you're moving from Kansas to Virginia and you got to sell it. Um, contact the business broker and say, hey, I'm selling part of my business or all of my business and just um, the percentage you're going to give them is going to save you the headaches and they're going to get more money probably for you. And you want it to be a win-win because a lot of yeah. these stories that I hear, it's a win-loss. Some guy, you know, they get a big chunk of money and the guy that bought the business got screwed. That's normally the story that I hear. And so I don't want anyone that listens to my show to sell your business for more than it's worth. And you're actually screw the person that buys it. That's, that's unfair. Yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short, and I know in Atlanta and Dallas and, and, you know, cities like this, we have a lot of business brokers. If you're out there in North Dakota, I, you know, it might be a different Montana. It might be slim pickings, but um, you definitely just just Google business broker in my area, you know, research seven, eight of them, pick pick two or three that you think are the best and, you know, contact them and um, they'll guide it from there. There's, um, you know, a lot of legal ease that they are just um, pros at. And uh, so that, that would be my suggestion. And, and to you guys that are listening, I, you know, I, I think you can hear it in, in how um, bold I've been, but I, I'm not a big fan of buying businesses as a, as a form of growth. I think it's so easy to do the door hangers. It, I know it's old fashioned, but it works. The postcards work. The, you know, five-star reviews, social proof and word of mouth referrals in the area you work in works. Like, you can grow that way and just dump some money into those marketing efforts than, than buying, buying up accounts. I've, I've just, I've seen it fail more times than work. And so I just, I appreciate you vulnerably sharing your story because you're dude, I can't wait to see where your life's five years from now. I think your business, you're going to, you're going to be booming, dude. You're, 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 uh, you're absolutely your work ethic, Owen, and your, um, ability to be humble, to adjust and pivot. I, I see nothing but success in your future, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's the, uh, that's the dream, right? Is to, to grow and be comfortable and, uh, feel successful. I mean, that's a, that's a relative term though. <laughs> right. But I just, I, I want the guys listening to this that are, you know, looking to expand, looking to grow, to, to really count the cost before you, you get into that rhythm of working 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. and the employees quitting and the customers being upset. And, you know, yep. that's, that's, that's easy. That's easy to get to. Uh, it's real easy to get to and, and it doesn't work. It's impossible. So it, it, it's, it's very, uh, it's not realistic. Um, and it, people burn out a lot faster than, um, you'd really hope, um, at that rate. Um, and actually what? convincing, guys to come back is, has been a struggle because I have to show them that there are systems in place for it to not end up like that again. 
Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, definitely think you, you, you know, you gotta, whoever you do have on your team now, you gotta, you gotta make it, uh, uh, incredible work environment for where they want to, you know, be there and, and work there and be attracted to working there. And then the new people, they got to have realistic expectations because in the spring, the grass is going to grow and there's going to be people that want landscaping done. And, and that's the positive of this industry is the demand, um, the biology of, of turf, you know, it, it's on our side, it's growing and it needs cut. And um, yeah. the, the bushes need trimmed and, and the mulch needs installed. So, the that's the good news but the bad news is if we take if we bite like you said bite off more than we can chew um it, it has a counterbalance so well, I do really, you have, go ahead do you have any sort of recommendation on how to find like a good right hand man because i i definitely with all of this this year like i had a good chunk of people in my life pass away and so like i had to take time away and that definitely was also hard because I had to explain to my customers, like, I know I was just at a funeral last week and now I'm at one again this week. And like, I'm, I'm sorry. So I don't know if you know of a good way to, I mean, I, I can only, you know, you can interview as many people as you want and try and train people, but it's hard to try and find a good right hand man. That's one I recommend to have, but I don't know if you know, have any, um, like good advice. Yeah, well, I, I got I got the best right hand man in the world, man, Mr. Producer, and uh, I I think that when you find a gem like uh, Mr. Producer, he also produces the podcast for uh, Caleb Allman and and um, Naylor and Brian and, and many other folks. But you have to show them appreciation. You have to show them gratitude. You have to make things easy for them. You know, you, you, you don't, you don't ever want them to be frustrated with you because you don't have your stuff in order. Um, you, you gotta be on your a game and things of that nature. A couple guys that I would recommend listening to are Ken Coleman and Dave Ramsey. They're part of the, um, Ramsey solution. They're the team in Nashville. They have, um, they also, you know, each year they usually win best place to work in Nashville and they've created this culture that's healthy and people want to work there. They have outrageous amount of um, resumes that come in because the workplace is such a, a blessing to be around. I know Caleb Ballman was actually at their headquarters. And so um, outside of our industry, you you know, you want to study folks like that, that are building an organization that is healthy and the business has to be able to function without of us. Cause unfortunately that's a part of life is, is, um, um, weddings and funerals and, and, and kids, you know, when you start to have kids, the kids, uh, play practice or, or, you know, I don't know, recitals and, and, and football practice and all of those things are, um, those aren't one off. So that's part of life. You need to, you, you want to be there in those moments to support the people, whether it's a, a highlight or a low light, you, you, either way you want to be there. You know what I mean? And so, yep. um, to have the right people on the bus, uh, it really, like you said, it, as you were talking about um, journaling and studying your your life and your mistakes and, and things of that nature, it's really asking yourself, how, how can I build a company where, for my example, Mr. Producer, how can I create a, a workflow here where he actually wants to be a part of the Green Industry Podcast? Because believe me, he's got other companies paying him more money than I can probably offer him. But if I can if I can make this thing so irresistible where he actually, um, beyond the money and money is important, but there's actually a satisfaction of, Hey, I'm a part of that team. You have to create yeah. that to where your right hand man's like, 
I'm a part of your business. Like this is my baby too. Like I, 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 you take a pride. I'll, I'll leave with this example. I was listening to the radio the other day. We have a station here in Atlanta called WSB. It's news, weather, and talk. And uh, the the host, uh, Mark Aram, was saying how proud he was because he went to the SEC championship game uh, to do the Alabama versus Georgia coverage for the news station. He said, I was so proud because he got to drive the company vehicle that had, you, you know how a news vehicle is all decorated with the wrap. And, yep. You know, WSB Atlanta, they're the big boys in town, right? And um, I used to work at other radio station. We had this raggedy van, but anyway, I, I, I did it. Anyway, I got to be careful how I, I navigate that. But you know what I'm saying? They had this awesome vehicle and he was so proud. You know, he's like, you know, hoping people at the stoplight look like, oh man, look at that. You know, that WSB's here. And, and he's sitting there, you know, smiling from cheek to cheek that he got to drive the company vehicle in downtown Atlanta. You know, crowds of people are here for the SEC championship. He yeah. is so thankful that he gets to work for this organization. They're the best in town, right? And so yep. you, we got to create that to where people want to be seen in your work vehicle and they want to wear that shirt, you know, with your um, logo on it. Caleb Allman does a pretty good job of that. He's got a guy named Bo Campbell that's his right-hand man. So I would um, honestly... Um, you know, cause I don't have some Mr. Producer and I've, we're like three, four years into this thing, but, um, Bo Campbell's been 20 years as Caleb's right-hand man, 20 years. Um, Bo Campbell's been, you know, the, the main, um, operations manager for Almond Landscape LLC, a million dollar company. And so I would even ask Caleb, how, how did you get Bo to stick with you for decades? And, um, you know, yeah. if, if Caleb's got to step away to go on vacation or go to a family, be there for family, it, he didn't have to think twice The Bo will, Bo will um, step up to the plate and, and run everything. And then Caleb will be back in stride. And so um, to, to give a long story short, you got to create what WSB's created here in Atlanta, where Mark Aram can't, he can't, he's ecstatic. He gets to drive the company vehicle and be a part of that. Um, the same way folks that work for Dave Ramsey are proud that they get to help people get out of debt. We, we have to create that. And, um, it's it's definitely challenging and it takes incredible amount of leadership and culture. Um, but again, it goes back to my point of growing slow because you, you want to get that in place uh, before the numbers get too out of hand um, and, and, and getting that um, employee that is in it for the long haul. So, yeah. I hope that helps me. I, speaking of coaching calls, I got to hop on a coaching call here. Um, so I got to roll out, but I appreciate for one, you sharing, um, you're so young in the story. We, we all have our first few years are rough and tough, but you know, y your future is bright, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see where this thing goes in the future. And, um, you know, I, I really think you're going to be, um, extremely successful. And this has been a great learning curve. Um, even though it's might've been difficult it you, you've learned a lot. So I, I have, I'm, I'm thankful for it at the same time. Uh, as, as it's been hard, I'm very thankful for it. Cool, man. Well, we will stay in touch. I hope to see you at the Equip Expo <laughs> coming up. I know you had, uh, you couldn't make it this year, but I but, uh, hope I see you down there next year and then uh, maybe at LAL and see you around the uh, community events. And hopefully you'll have a, a positive report to give me that uh, the profits are up and, and the employees are happy and, and things are headed in the right direction. Yes, sir. Cool. Well, thanks for your time, Owen. All right. Thank you. 
Well, guys, I hope that was an encouraging conversation, and I'm definitely um, looking forward to hearing how Owen makes adjustments and pivots. Trust me, I've been there, done that with biting off more than I can chew, and my takeaway from it all and what I've been trumpeting on this show for a while is build the best foundation you can in your business and grow at a wise pace uh, as it's calculated because when we have all the right pieces and systems and people in place, then we can sustain growth. And one of those that we talked about is a business management software. You guys can actually try out Jobber for free. Get jobber.com forward slash Paul. That's one of those components. Another component, and there's a lot of them, but I'm just hitting the basics here, is a bookkeeper. I personally use Gulf Coast Bookkeeping. Uh, Megan and Joey, although they are changing their name, uh, I think in 2022, same folks, Megan and Joey, my personal bookkeepers. See, as we get these systems in place where we have folks that are helping us to make sure our numbers are organized and that our customers' information and scheduling and quotes and invoices are organized with Jobber, and then we start getting the right people on the bus and we begin to form this solid, firm foundation, then as we grow, it's prosperous, it's it's blessed, it's profitable, and the relationships are well with our team and things of that nature. And so this is a great time of the year in the winter to start to shore up these things, get them in place, get them in order. I mentioned the budgets, break-evens, bottom lines with John Pajak. Uh, that's actually on sale for 30% off at greenindustrypodcast.com through Christmas Day. Uh, you can save big on the budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines with a bunch of other things over there at greenindustrypodcast.com and they'll automatically do it at checkout once you put it in the cart all the products that are a part of the Christmas promotion uh, the training programs the coaching the budget break even bottom line it will automatically you'll see a slash go through the price and it will give you a new number in red or 30% off and show you the new price then I'm out I'll do it automatically in the shopping cart there greenindustrypodcast.com guys we have a bunch of resources to help you get that um, firm foundation in place the winter is such a great time because once the spring rush hits it's hard to stay on top of all of this but um, definitely use these winter months to get your business management software get your bookkeepers in place get all these things um, the i's dotted and the t's crossed as uh, we prepare to have the best year in our life and our business next year we definitely look forward to helping so that christmas sale at greenindustrypodcast.com is good through christmas day and if you guys wanted to try jobber for free they're offering a trial right now all you gotta do is go to getjobber.com forward slash paul again that is getjobber.com forward slash paul so hope you guys have enjoyed today's program smash that follow and we hope to catch you on tomorrow's episode we got a treat for you tomorrow my boy mike Plutz going to be on the program so definitely want to tune in for that one thanks for listening this has been a jameson media and mr producer production